Hello there, this is Josiah with Josiah's Voice Podcast. Welcome to episode 7. I'll see how this one goes. Uh, there's a lot of sound pollution out here at the beach. Um, it's, it's a lot noisier than the last time I was out here. So we'll see. Um, I wanted to see if I could make an episode summarizing some of my feelings the past month. Um, this one's dedicated to my black brothers and sisters for sure. Um, just been going through a lot the past month with the murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, Elijah McClain, and countless others. It's been exhausting, um, being on social media, watching the news. I don't know if all the noise around me, I don't know if you can hear that. I'm gonna try and keep it clean. I don't know if that's somehow poetic of just life. You know, you, you want to focus on one thing, but life doesn't pause. You know, I don't know. So we'll see how this one goes. So I'm not as eloquent as, say, Ava DuVernay or Baldwin or Barack or, you know, um, I don't have a lot of things I can sort, you know, a lot of books and great thinkers and stuff like that. I guess this one's just my feelings. Um, and I guess I'm just trying to process everything. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to do an episode like this because I wanted to add something. So I'm hoping that this episode adds something. Um, I, I'm i not life coachy or, or anything like that. But strangely enough, I have a little bit of a bullet pointed list. I always try to have something of a script ready when I do a podcast and um this one in my mind it's like dear black people I guess um and I got to thinking about um I don't know I thought about three things I thought about create educate meditate I'm not sure why those came to mind I don't know if I'll expound on those topics that well but I, I was thinking like, okay, if I was going to do some type of episode about Black Lives Matter and the past month of June, you know, um, and in, uh, Juneteenth just passed, Independence Day um, was Saturday, um, just a lot, a lot going on. Um, and I was, for some reason, create, meditate, educate were on my mind. I guess those are things I thought I was doing for the month of June while trying to process all the pain and everything going on. I guess you got to get the pain out of the way first. I mean, I don't know that I'll ever get it out of the way. Um, but I guess I'm going to just kind of do stream of consciousness for a minute here um, before I actually get into my topics. Um, again, I hope this sounds clean for you. We got seagulls and a little bit of construction going on behind me, kind of way, way behind me. But um, it's just it's just been tough. It's been tough, but I'm glad that I got my family to help me get through. I'm glad I got my friends, you know, who know that we're in the struggle. You know, I saw um, I tried to avoid certain things on on social media. That's probably something I'll talk about in the meditation aspect Um, because there's just a lot of violence on there. And I get it. People are reporting on the protests. They were protest. uh, Excuse me. Reporting on the protests, reporting on the riots and the looting and everything. Um, I was trying to avoid the actual videos of Ahmaud Aubrey being killed or, or videos of, you know, Elijah McClain, God rest him, you know, a young preteen who was killed. You know, he was just walking home, had his mask on for coronavirus and, and the police thought he looked suspicious. And he, you know, he was a violinist. He loved cats, just black boy joy, like the embodiment, not even the brand. I know everything's branded. You know, there are a lot of photos of just how happy this kid was. Um, And it's just really heartbreaking that he lost his life over nothing. And um, 
you know, that stuff has just been on my mind. Um, I had a, uh, I had some hard conversations with some, some white friends, you know, they had, um, they had reached out to me, um, just checking in. I don't know if it was about Corona. I was, I don't know if it was about, you know, how big BLM was becoming, but I took that opportunity, you know, to say, you know what? I'm not just going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm good. You know, you know, people are like when you ask how you're doing, you know, are you one of those people who actually says how you're doing or do you just say, oh, I'm good and you move on? This was one of those times with a couple of my white friends where I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. And specifically, these were, you know, these are friends who, you know, I care about. But we'd had awkward Vis- to visceral interactions around race in the past and around racial insensitivity on their part, things they were aware of, things they weren't aware of. And, you know, to make a long story short, you know, I took the time out to write letters to certain white friends. I DM'd other white friends right there, right then and there when they reached out. And I just held them accountable. You know, again, some of the things they remembered. That's okay, because I told him I remembered. And if you think I'm an honest person, you know, you're going to listen to me. You know, you said this, you did that. And it just, it made me feel some type of way, basically. You know, I thought it was either racially insensitive or, or borderline racist, you know. And it's just, it's not cool, you know. Some of it was in general, but a lot of it was related to murdered black people the past several years, you know conversations on Facebook that I got pulled into or that I just saw going down and I was like, yo, you said this and it, it, you came out your mouth real wrong and I didn't say anything or, or I did, but I didn't drive the point home cause I didn't want to rock the boat, you know? Um, cause I don't like, you know, I'm not special. It's not native to me, but you know, I don't like confrontation. I guess a lot of us don't, right? Do you like confrontation? I, you know, I don't like it. Um, I recently heard about something called good conflict, you know, where you hold people accountable, even though it's going to be awkward, you know, you, I guess that might be something you'd have to look up. It's something I saw a friend of mine share on Instagram where it's, it's basically encouraging you to consider that sometimes conflict isn't bad and sometimes you do got to get into a debate or an argument or you got to speak your truth, speak your heart about something. And um, that's what I had to do with, you know, some of my white friends. I know some of you probably had to do that and it was uncomfortable. Emotions probably ran high and that was just, you know, another aspect of dealing with, you know, the murders going on and being black in America, essentially, you know, I had to admit to some of these white friends that I was like, you know, some of the reason I haven't gone as hard on some of the things you said that were crazy is because, like I said, like I didn't want to rock the boat. Um, I wasn't that good at confrontation. Sometimes I felt I wasn't that well read, you know, (laughs) I'd think of witty you know, racially conscious comebacks in the shower. You guys know how that is, right? (laughs) You have all the greatest comebacks for any conversation in the shower. I don't know what it is, but, um, but I changed that, you know, I confronted these friends. Um, and I admitted, you know, if you can't hear what I'm saying about how racially insensitive you've been in the past, and I'm bringing up these issues to you now, I'm bringing up how I've brought them up to you in the past, then I'm prepared to just not be friends anymore. I'm going to move on. I'm going to take care of myself and my own health, my own emotional and mental health, and I'm going to move on if you can't hear my heart on these things. And long story short, they heard me out. You know, emotions ran high. There were some areas where I thought some excuses were being made, you know, but I heard them out. And then I debunked a lot of those, if not all of those excuses, you know, there were admissions of, you know, they weren't who they always used to be, or they were a product of, you know, they, they, they had drama in their family. I listened and then I debunked, you know, I understand, you know, 
we're all different. I'm not who I was five years ago across the board, you know, whatever that looks like for me. You know, I get that. I get that. And I appreciated them, you know, saying where they thought they were. And then more than that, I appreciated that they heard what I had to say. I appreciated that after that, you know, I said, well, you know what? What happened with your family is not my concern. No disrespect. I hear you. I wouldn't wish that on nobody. I hope that works out, you know, as, as you're working on, you know, your own mental health, you know, but that's not an excuse. Everyone's got an excuse, you know, everyone's got an excuse. Um, you know, we're, we're, you know, being black, we're gonna, you know, or a person of color, you're gonna run into white folks. Everyone's got a reason that they're ignorant or that they're, that they're whatever, that they're racist, that they, that they don't see color, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, it's not good enough. And, you know, I wasn't rude or anything like that. You know, I heard my friends out, but I held them accountable. And I was like, okay, look, if we're going to be friends, you got to hear what I got to say. And to make a long story short, it's like the second time I'm saying that, I feel like they did hear me out. You know, they, they, when they thought that they were, that they were, some of them, you know, I was a little low key impressed that they were like, you know what, I'm gonna just stop because maybe I'm making it worse by going into my past and this and that. It's not about me. You know, I'm not going to act like I didn't appreciate that. And basically I'm just moving forward in honesty. You know, I basically communicated you know, um, cause I don't know how this sounds, but I hope, you know, and like I said, I'm not that eloquent, but I told them, you know, any more insensitivity, racial insensitivity, you know, we're done basically, you know, they don't gotta be woke, you know, in the next three days, not at all. You know, we're all human. I get that, but moving forward, it's about me moving forward. I'm not to sound egotistical. I'm a hold people accountable. That's basically it. You know, you mess up, you say something. I'm going to be more vocal. I'm not going to worry about, oh, no, we might not be friends, you know, or what what will my white friends think? Or, you know, will anyone want to follow me on Instagram or be my friend or buy my book or whatever the case, you know, because even John Boyega and Black Hollywood speaking out, they had to worry about the same thing. John Boyega was like, you know, I don't know if I'm going to have a job in Hollywood anymore or, you know, but he was like, screw it, you know, because he loves his black people. I love my black people. You know, like I said, I'm not the most eloquent. I'm not saying, you know, that I'm going to teach some course. Here's how you approach your white friends. Nah, I just, you know, I stumbled. I didn't get it all right. I feel like I matured. I was willing to let toxic relationships go if 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 there was no agreement to try to heal and to mature and to become conscious on their part that's what i'm holding my white friends to i appreciated the one of my white friends you know he got in, he got into it with somebody somebody sick and crazy on facebook and this person was basically you know dragging uh george floyd's name through the dirt You know, I'm not saying George Floyd might not have made mistakes, might not have a criminal record. Um, You'll have to look this up. You know, I'm not trying to speak ill of the dead or anything. He may have been arrested for pulling a gun on a pregnant woman once. I don't I don't know. I have to look that up. We got to look that up. I think he might have done his time for that. Um, If he did it, you know, I I don't know. There's a lot of propaganda going around of racist and ignorant white people spreading lies. You know, we'll we'll have to look look into that, you know, Um, because, again, if 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 George Floyd, you know, if anybody who's been killed has made mistakes in the past, even gone to jail, I understand. Okay, then then okay. Like, I'm not going to turn a blind eye. I get it. But this person sounded really sick. And my white friend, you know, it tagged me in something because we had been talking about George Floyd and I was like, you know, you, you got to untag me from this. This this guy, that this friend of yours, first off, shouldn't be your friend because he's, he's sick. He's toxic. He's dragging this man's name and life through the mud. This man was also a father. This man was attempting, in the case of George Floyd, attempting to get better. 
attempting to like give back to the community and turn his life around and be a good father. I don't know if he had a partner or anything like that. And, you know, nobody, nobody should be suffocated to death like that, like a dog in the streets. You know, that's essentially, you know, I'm paraphrasing what I said to my friend who tagged me in this thing. Um, And I was like, you know, I think I was on the verge of tears for like hours. I was just going about my life at home watching stuff or talking back and forth with this white friend um, who was who had tagged me in this status with a toxic person he knew dragging Floyd's name through the mud. And I just hate that we as black people got to deal with that. You know, there's always going to be a reason, you know, that we're being killed, that we're being murdered out here. You know, because I had to hold another white friend accountable. I was like, you know, when Trayvon Martin died, you said this, this and that. And it was very, very insensitive, you know, and I had to hold them accountable. And um, long story short, you know, related to George Floyd in this Facebook story, I'm telling you. My other white friend unfriended that toxic person. I was like, yeah, you need to stay away from nihilistic sick racist people like that because if you're my friend and if you're not racist you don't need to be friends with somebody like that point blank period so he got rid of them and you know but but stuff like that weighed on me you know that was just one situation going from holding my white friends accountable moving on to racist dragging black folks through the mud when they get killed you know oh they they had a criminal record or oh they did marijuana or oh they they weren't as innocent looking you know um you know or 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 brianna taylor became a meme apparently you know she was murdered in her sleep dude whether she was an emt or not she was an innocent black woman at home with her boyfriend maybe a young cousin or nephew i might be wrong about that last part you know, and she, they, they memed her and it's disgusting. It's disgusting and, and it's not cool. And I'm just trying to process that. And, and, um, and you know what, I'm going to take a minute, you know, here to appreciate these seagulls. Um, there's flocks here. And uh, it's just, you know, just (laughs) white all in the sky. There are also some other birds, uh, seabirds here of different kinds. Yeah, it's just beautiful to see, you know, the pelicans and the the seagulls and just the the waves. And, you know, it it is really beautiful, you know. And uh, that's the other reason I came out here to do this episode. Um... (laughs) admittedly, you know, I really appreciate all the messages I got from people who listened to episode five and you loved the beach. So I was like, let me see if I can replicate that again. I'm not above it. (laughs) I really appreciate that. But also being out here is really healing. And so, uh, yeah, this is my dear black people. Basically, enjoy your black life episode. And basically, that's what I'm trying to do, you know, through it all, through the difficult conversations with my white friends through everything going on in in the news through all the hatred you know i can't cover everything i'm not going to try to cover everything um you know i saw you know a lot of comments you know um yeah just just de defaming you know murdered black people you know on instagram on twitter And I'll admit it gave me a little satisfaction. I didn't make it my mission. It was just whenever I happened to see these comments in passing. And I didn't even do anything about even half the negative comments I saw. Every now and again, I went ahead and just reported the tweet and the account. I don't know what will happen. You know, you know, Twitter will be like, hey, we got your report seven hours ago or whatever. We're looking at, you know, Okay, cool. I think it just made me feel better, you know, because I don't feed the trolls. I don't feed the racists. Some of these people are, are bots. They've programmed bots to just be racist. And then some of them are human racists who just talk like bots. 
you know, show me what system is racist. Like, really, I'm not doing the work for you and you don't really care. But um, that's one little thing I did. You know, again, it wasn't my mission. I was just scrolling social media. Every now and again, I'd see somebody say something crazy. Sometimes I'd scroll past it. Most of the time I scrolled past it. Every now and again, if it was an especially egregious comment, I'd go ahead and report it. Again, I don't know what'll happen, but it, it made me feel good, you know. And again, this is kind of a stream of consciousness episode, or at least it's starting off as one. I guess to get to the things that are most, you know, healing and mending, you know, you gotta, you gotta get through the pain first, you know, and it's just the hatred and the vitriol is just, you know, it's just, it's out of hand. I'm not surprised, but it still hurts. Black friend of mine, really good friend of mine named Sean. In fact, um, look up his, his YouTube, Seanacy the King. He does music videos, you know, he loves food. We all, who doesn't love food, but like, you know, so many food runs with him and my friends back on the East Coast. And um, he's um, recently done some really catchy, really fun Chipotle uh, music videos. Um, And like his wife helps him out and they just had a baby and whatnot. Um, He's a videographer. I went to college with him. Sean, I love you if you're listening. But like, you know, somebody straight up, you know, he did a video for, um, he did a thank you video to the essential workers. um, Somehow, someone found a way to make fun of George Floyd. Some white, some racist, because only white people can be racist. They somehow found a way to make fun of George Floyd. And they posted a photo of George Floyd's, you know, being suffocated in a photo under his, under Sean's video. I'm like, how? And Sean reported them and shared them on Facebook so that their employers could see them because all the comments of people laughing and joking. And it's like, really? Like, what's going on? (laughs) You know, it's like you got to laugh to keep from crying, you know, and it's just um, that's just a lot of this that I'm talking about is just the tip of the iceberg. It doesn't even scratch the surface, you know, and that's just some of the plight of black folk. I know some of y'all are going through this just like I am. Some of your friends' businesses are being disrespected. Some of your posts, you're being hassled on the, on the internet, you know, and it's, it's too much. And some of y'all in real life, there are videos of, you know, black folk just living their lives, you know, or, or like Christopher Cooper. I still can't believe Christopher Cooper shares the same name as Amy Cooper, the woman who like threatened or was calling the police and, and weaponizing her white privilege to nearly get a black man killed, you know. I'm so glad Christopher Cooper is okay. But it's just like, just you just living your life and you're just trying to hold people accountable. You know, he was just telling her, put a leash on your dog. She's practically, her racism was so acute, she nearly, she nearly strangled, nearly lynched her own dog because she was so, you know, filled with racism and hate, you know. Y'all, some of y'all saw the video. And so, um... Again, I'm not going to try to rehash everything. It's just, again, a lot of that was just scratching the surface. And so I'm just processing a lot of that. I'm I'm processing a lot of that stuff. And I'm just trying to live my black life. I'm trying to remember things to be thankful for. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit here. If if you haven't donated, you know, I encourage you to donate. Even if it's just a dollar or five dollars. The Internet, you know, just get on the Internet, Google Black Lives Matter. Um, The websites will come up and a brilliant thing happening is there are archives being built. There are like trees of resources being built. A lot of these resources and sites, these kind of website trees are being attached to YouTube video descriptions, you know, uh, and Twitter threads. It's it's a beautiful thing. Uh, The. The birds have taken off again. I don't know what these are. A lot of those actually aren't seagulls. I'm not sure what they are. But they're pretty. But I'll attach um, in the show notes um, Josiah's voice podcast at wordpress.com. That's where I'll put um, some of the website trees for where you can donate to Black Lives Matter and other uh, black organizations 
Um, but continue to do your research and continue to find those things. It's just beautiful that all that stuff is, uh, is out there. It's, it's the little things like that that are making impacts um, and give me hope. Um, I think a lot of us essentially have put uh, George Floyd's daughter um, through college. I think there was, correct me if I'm wrong, I think not only was there a GoFundMe for his funeral arrangements, but I think there was also a GoFundMe for his daughter, like tuition. Like it's little things like that that really get me like hyped up about my black people. I know not just black folk, you know, everybody, all of you donated from countless backgrounds and it's great. So uh, like I said, I know it's a little stream of consciousness, but I was just thinking about that and how that's just, I guess website trees have always been a thing on Twitter, but I've never seen it like this. And before I get into a couple of these things that I'm really trying to hold dear, create, educate, meditate, um, welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> I just think it's cool that a lot of those website trees are out there for Black Lives Matter and and for all these different websites where you can donate money, where you can donate to black businesses, um, schools, music, artists, like, and it's just beautiful. I mean, it's bittersweet, but it's powerful that Black Lives Matter has gone international. That's what I said. You know, do y'all feel that way? Because I feel that way. I feel like awareness about the atrocity against George Floyd, you know, is the the straw that broke the camel's back. And Black Lives Matter, like people knew about it, but it went international. There were protests all over the world for George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Aubrey, you know, at that time. We unfortunately, you know, we hadn't lost Elijah McClain or, or, or Toyin yet. You know, God rest them. These are kids. God rest you guys. God rest them. But it's a powerful thing that Black Lives Matter has gone international. And it's a powerful thing that the sentiment, the, the idea, the ideal of Black Lives Matter, you know, not just the brand. You know, everything's branded now. Everything's hashtag now. It's, it's just the belief that Black Lives Matter and that's going international because we're we're most hated on the earth. We're everywhere in the world. We've been scattered. But the voices of black folk can be heard everywhere. The music, the art, the suffering, the healing, it's all over the world. And it's powerful that the idea, the belief that Black Lives Matter has gone international finally. So with that, um... I'll go ahead and, and, and hone in on about three things that really, you know, I wouldn't trying to concentrate on them. I wouldn't try to ignore them either. It's just when I was thinking about making this episode, these things came to mind. Create, educate, meditate. And uh, for create, you know, my last two episodes were about me writing my first TV pilot, you know, an experiment. Wrote my first TV pilot, first TV script, adapted um, the first few chapters of the book my dad and I wrote, Noteworthy Tribute. Working on this podcast, I started this at the beginning of COVID-19, just as something to do. I'd done a podcast with my friends about pop culture over 10 years ago. And people have told me they like my voice. I don't always like it. And I just wanted to be creative and have another outlet, something to do, an extension of my love of pop culture and writing. And I'm just, I'm glad that I have these outlets. And I'm glad that money's being given to black artists all over the place. That's the beautiful thing of, you know, that Black Lives Matter. I'm seeing comic book artists. Um, my good friend Tiffany, she's got a comic strip called Otis Wise. You can find that on Instagram. You know, she's her. She took a uh, an art class, um, a lot of digital, you know, master classes and in Skillshare's and things. And she's taken a class. She never thought she'd do illustration and digital art, but she's doing it, and that's been keeping her sane through coronavirus and through you know, um, everything with Black Lives Matter and with the murders. Um, there was a lot of GoFundMes to different artists, you know, music, painters, illustrators, 
actors. A lot of people are calling out for like, you know, black actors, send me your reel, send me your scripts. You know, people have been sending me stuff. You know, I'm, you know, you ever heard trust but verify? Well, I'm suspicious, but I'm a verify and I'm going to go at my own pace as well. Um, Because it seems like after a fashion, reparations are going forth in a a sense, you know, Um, there's a kid. I don't know his name on Twitter. He did this digital this 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 uh, visual effects video where he had a lightsaber. He turned into an alien from Ben 10. Um, And he was, you know, he was like, you know what, guys, I love visual effects. It mean the world to me if y'all reshared this. You know, so is that Disney or somebody, you know, and I think a head I'm I'm drawing a blank on a name. One of the heads of Disney totally is like talking to this black boy. He's a teenager, he might be 16 years old. That's really encouraging to me. I hope he doesn't get screwed over. I hope his his parents or his loved ones, you know, are with him. You know, I don't know if he's got a manager or something like that. But there's a lot of creativity going on and I'm glad it hasn't stopped, you know, Um from people's personal things, you know, their books, their music, their their comic books, to, you know, to, yeah, to murals, you know, um, murals for Brianna and, and, and Ahmed Aubrey and George Floyd and countless others, you know, and I just, um, as I thought about this episode and I thought about, you know, what was I doing? in June, you know, one of those things was creating something or admiring what other people were creating. And that's just, uh, creativity is just really important. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of music, you know, a lot of oldies music, you know, I'm black and I'm proud, you know, James Brown. I don't know why I was drawing a blank on James Brown's name that came out of the black struggle. You know, uh, Nina Simone made a lot of music um, during the black struggle, cause she, it was her responsibility. She felt like, like, I gotta, like, I gotta channel this pain. You know, everyone says, you know, a lot of the most powerful art comes out of pain. I believe that. Um, I think that's really true. It's like, and, and, and I guess that's kind of what I'm doing. You know, I guess I never thought of podcasting as an art. You know, if you know me, you know, I'm a writer that's in writing is definitely what inspired me to do this podcast to talk about my writing journey during times like this, you know, a lot of, a lot of art comes out of this pain, you know, and at the same time, you know, sometimes you got to recharge, you know, when I was doing the writing course, there were days, you know, where I got, I got really down and I just couldn't work on the assignment. You know, I never missed an assignment, you know, and it's okay. Sometimes you get that block, you know, because of what's going on in the world. You know, and that was difficult, but I got through it. You know, like I said, I completed the course, but it's okay. You know, I, I had to tell myself it's okay. You know, if you need to just not, you know, because because writing can be taxing, it's work. I had to tell myself, you know what, if you just are too, you know, if you're in mourning right now, Josiah, because of what's going on with George Floyd and everyone, just do that. You know, it's okay. Create. That was something that that I was trying to do and that I was working through in June while all this was, was going on. You know, if I think of something else, you know, I'll I'll go back to that, um, of course. Um, but I'll go ahead and move on to, um, educate. A lot of white folks are educating themselves. I did see a meme where people were like, yeah, white folks are reading, but are they learning? Time will tell. I hope so. I, I hope so. Um, I learned some things, you know, I uh, I watched Miss Juneteenth starring Nicole Bahari. Um, I'm really glad that she uh, is creating again um, after the craziness, the crazy racist stuff that went down with her old show, Sleepy Hollow. I never watched. I watched the pilot episode, but I never continued to watch the show. But, you know, became a fan favorite and then got canceled and stupid stuff happened with her. And that sucks. She's the black lead. And I think some people couldn't handle it. But um. Nicole Bahari stars in Miss Juneteenth about a woman connecting with her daughter after, um, you know, years after Nicole had won Miss Juneteenth. And Juneteenth um, in general is about how slaves everywhere, but definitely in Texas, 
um, weren't freed after the Emancipation Proclamation for like maybe two years, you know, racist slave owner, you know, they were just like, no, I mean, we don't care. We don't care what Lincoln said. And so, you know, the, the pageant is called Miss Juneteenth. Um, I believe the movie does take place in Texas. That'd be on brand. Um, and it just honors how um, June 19th. I'm sorry, my other dates are a little messed up right now. Um, several, you know, several, several, several decades ago, uh, June 19th was when slaves, you know, were, were free. I hope I'm getting all of that that right. Um, and I vaguely knew about that, but thanks to the movie, thanks to June 19th last month, you know, my awareness and my understanding of that increased. And um, I also learned about uh, Seneca Valley, how there was a small community. Um, I guess it was called Seneca Valley before it became Central Park. It was, uh, I guess, a, um, a low-key, affluent black community. And then when New York wanted some new park or whatever, you know, I've never been to Central Park. It looks beautiful. I'd like to go, but that sucks. I watched, you know, a lot of black movies that I had missed, like, you know, Marshall and I mentioned Cadillac Records and, you know, things like that of, you know, the uh, watch the banker on Apple TV and just, you know, watching black superheroes, Roxanne, Roxanne, you know prolific female MC. I just, I reminded myself of things I knew and I learned new things about my people just to remind myself that, you know, we're still here and we're still contributing. You know, not that there's, there's a question, white people might question it, but I don't question it. And sometimes you just need to concentrate on that. You know, black people are building apps, cell phones, passing legislation my family and I watched this documentary the name of it I can't remember I'll link it in the show notes on, on the blog um, on a, it's I believe it's free on Amazon on Prime Video um, and it was about uh, I guess the first 50 years of black TV and it had all these different black stars uh, in it from all the black sitcoms and that was cool to just see you know how far we've we've come um, again, yeah, I'll link it because it had a long name. I can't remember what it was, but that was really cool. Um, and you know what? I also, you know, I said educate. I learned about myself. You know, like I said, I'd held white friends accountable. And in doing so, I learned that, you know what, Josiah, you're not a people pleaser. Not anymore. You used to think you were, you know, or maybe you used to be. And I learned that I can speak up. I learned that it's okay if I don't get it all right. You know, sometimes I think I got to be so eloquent. I got to be so well-spoken. I got to, you know, and I learned I'm stronger than I thought I was. I knew, but I learned like we're really strong. We're really strong as black people. And I just think that's, that, that was something I was doing. I was just, I was getting educated or I was learning about my people and about myself Again, I know, you know, stream of consciousness, I'm trying, you know, that's just some of where I was at and kind of where I'm still at. So, you know, I think of anything else on that point, I'll, I'll bring it up. I'll go ahead and uh, I'll go to the last one, meditate. This one's really um, definitely specific um, through all of this. I've been trying to meditate more on living, you know, a beautiful black life, you know, God willing, you know, I get home safely from the beach, you know, today, you know, but I came out here to speak my truth, to create something, to enjoy nature, to enjoy the beach and the, and the, the marine life and the boats out here and the swimmers and, and the fishermen to just be out here and enjoy life. My family was actually watching one of our favorite romantic comedies, Something New, with Sanaa Lathan and Simon Baker. We watched that last night. We've seen that thing countless times. Um, And my favorite scene is actually when, you know, it's Dark Night of the Soul, that screenwriter talk, you know, Sanaa Lathan and Simon Baker. Oh, cool. Pelicans are diving into the water. That's tight. They just broke up, you know, 
and they've gone and, you know, he went back with his white girlfriend, his white ex in Sonali and got with Blair Underwood for for a minute, you know, uh, after they'd been dating and, and, you know, but it's awkward. It's tough. She's black. He's white. Sana Simon and uh, Sana has just broken up, though, with Blair Underwood because it's just it's not working. Blair Underwood, you know, he's he's, uh, you know, upstanding black man, you know, it's handsome, well, well, well spoken, well read. He's a businessman. They start dating. It's great. He meets her family. Everything seems perfect, maybe too perfect. And eventually she has to break up with him, you know, leaves him on, on the driveway. <laughs> mouth agape he can't he doesn't understand what's going on and she runs to um i forget the actress's name she was the lead actress on steve harvey show she's dating mike epps in the movie and sanaa lathan's really distraught because she's like why did i break up with blair underwood and i don't know can simon baker and i make it work and you know mike epps and um his girlfriend you know i love that scene because it just looks normal and her best friend is like, you know, when you were with Simon Baker, you know, yeah, he's white, but like he made you laugh, you know, made you forget all the BS and just want to enjoy life. And I'm like, that's all anybody wants, but that's all black folk want. What she said to just enjoy life. They don't, we don't need some great, grandiose anything. We just want to enjoy life. And that's what I'm really thinking about with, with, you know, right now with this episode, that's what I was thinking about. Just what we were all thinking about. They want to kill us so bad. And we just want to enjoy life. And so that got me thinking about, you know, uh, I got three brothers. How proud I am of the brother after me. You know, Ethan, how proud I am of you. Proud of, uh, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of Jen. I'm, I'm proud of the life you and Jen have made. I'm happy that we've become, you know, closer, you know, I know it was rough in the beginning. We've got a long way to go. You know, people get, get married and, you know, you got it. Suddenly you got in-laws, you know, and families are used to doing one thing one way. Both families are used to doing things one way, having their rhythm, their personal, you know, culture and things like that. And it can be tough, you know, and it was tough for us. But then I think, wow, fast forward to now, 2020, look at the life you guys have built. You know, look at, you know, you got two beautiful children and another on the way next year. You know, I really I miss you guys. I miss, you know, Benny and Effie, you know, my niece and nephew. You know, I love seeing the videos of them hanging out. You know, I love that. I love that they love bubbles. (laughs) I love that. Uh, I love how Jen makes all you guys, makes my brother and my niece and nephew be her models because she does crochet. You know, I've linked her before on the blog. I'll link her again. Creations by JNB. It's the name of her company, her Etsy shop. You know, support black business. And uh, and they're just enjoying life. I've been meditating on that and just how blessed I am and how blessed my brother and my sister-in-law are. And how I hope her company takes off. And how I hope they have the brightest kids ever. You know. Um, I think about, you know, my friend Lauren working on her book. You know, she wants us all to, you know, beta read it. She just sent out the first 30 pages. You know, I'm proud of you, Lauren. I think about, you know, I mentioned Sean earlier. Um, I appreciate how, you know, you left me, um, you know, a really, really heartfelt review of like my podcast. And I really just feel like, you know, like you heard what I'm trying to do and just really encourage me. It's just, it's beautiful. Um, I thought about, you know, my best friend Marcus and his podcast, Press X to Start. I know I'm plugging people. I don't care. They're really eloquent on there. They're a video game podcast. They put out a really well well thought out and eloquent um i guess eloquence the word of the day right episode of their podcast about black life and video game technology and it was it was great you know marcus you know marched he'd ne- i don't think he'd ever marched before and you know <laughs> i was worried but it, it it worked out 
I don't want anyone to derail any peaceful protests or anything. But if the one protest you're not going to derail is the one my best friend's at. And like Press X to start won the bronze in a, in a DC podcast um, festival. Like how amazing is that? Like I love what you guys are doing at Press X to start. My friend Everett with uh, Audio Airstrikes. He's done a lot of podcasts uh, throughout June, you know, about what was going on with Black Lives Matter. You know, I'll link him as well. You should listen to him because he had a lot of great, uh, a lot of thought provoking guests on and he always keeps it real. Everett, I love you. Um, I'll link I'll link you guys to them as well, um, because they had very concentrated episodes about what they think white folks should be doing. And how black folks can, you know, continue to thrive and uh, how much we love each other. And and it's a beautiful thing. And I'll link that. I was just meditating on things that made me happy. Things I want to protect. Like, you know, I, I want my niece and nephews to, like, grow up and thrive, you know. Someone, someone black, you know, an innocent black life had been taken um, when my nephew was maybe a year old or so. Um, and I remember, you know, privately kind of, you know, just feeling a little depressed and crying. Cause I was like, dang, are they going to take my nephew? You know, and you can't give into that, but it makes sense to think like, you know, are we going, you know, are we going, going to survive, you know? And, and what can I do? You know, I already know his parents are doing everything in their power to give him an amazing life. And I'm like, what can I do to make his life better? What are people doing to make his life better? And they don't even know him. I just don't want to give in to hate and give in to despair. I guess that's why meditation was so important. Let's just be still and meditate right now real quick. And just think about the people that you love and the mark you want to leave on this world and what you're grateful for. You know, I thought about my loved ones. I thought about the stories I want to write. You know, I thought about how, like, I want to write about black superheroes and black men being strong and loving and redeeming ourselves and, and being there for our loved ones. And thought about my grandfather um, who passed away. Um, how grateful I am for the time I had with him, how grateful I am for my imagination, my sense of creativity, how I'm grateful to be here at the beach, you know, watching the fog roll in, watching, I guess, a father play with his son, watching the seagulls, listening to the, the waves. I thought about how when you're at the beach, how you don't have to think about anything. You just look at the horizon. How grateful I am to be here. I got friends who can't just go to the beach like I can. This beautiful black life. All we want so just be happy and make a life. That's it. Contribute. Contribute our music, our ideas, our food, our culture. That's it. And you know what? You absolutely need a script when you're going to do a podcast by the beach. You know, because to my point earlier, you don't have to think about anything at the beach because it's just so captivating out here. And like, like how can I love to read? How can you read at the beach? I can barely record a podcast 
you know, one, it's because of all the planes flying over. <laughs> also, just like y'all hear those waves? It's medicinal. That's why I came out here again. You know what? That's basically it. You know, I got educated. I created. I meditated. You know, that was just my feeble attempt to try to tie a theme or two or three together. But this really was just, you know, a stream of consciousness episode about just being black and being alive. being grateful for being alive, trying to find hope. Sometimes I'm upset at what they're doing to us. Sometimes I'm enraged. Sometimes I got to battle hate and dismissiveness. You know, just rage. You know, I know I come on here and I have a, a past few episodes, you know, I'm nerding out about writing and movies and things. And, I, and that's a part of me, but I really love... I love everybody and I love my people. Like I said, I want my nieces and nephews to have a beautiful life. You know, I want to have a beautiful life. I want to see, you know, what I think God has for me come to fruition. That's all I want. Um, Again, I dedicate this episode to black folk. So thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. Um, I hope you find helpful things in the blog also. And uh, continue to laugh and, and enjoy your beautiful black life and do what you can to make it beautiful for yourself and for your loved ones and your friends. Again, thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you again later. Peace. Thank you for stopping by my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Follow me on Twitter at Josiah D-O-C-X. Instagram at josiah.docx and follow along my blog www.josiahsvoicepodcast.wordpress.com I'll talk to you later.